set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. He wanted a cure. He found the creator. Chapter 13. Not Intended Sumjaza looked down on the girl with disgust. What had I seen in her? She lay cowering in the corner with her knees pulled tightly to her chest. Only a coarsely woven garment covered her nakedness. The Welloweem outside the tent were speaking quietly. The sound of hearty, though hushed, laughs interrupted their language speech and the whimpers, louder now, coming from inside. The girl was crying. Be silent, Sumjaza commanded, as he paced back and forth restlessly in the confines of the tent. How dare she react this way to an Elohim? She should be honored to be the first. He remembered the evening before. Glorious sensations had filled his being as he knew the girl, just as Lord L had said. The power and exhilaration he felt was as great as that of battle. The satisfaction of victory was as sweet. Then she had to ruin it with her pleading and crying. Why should he stop something so glorious? He looked at the blood-soaked cushions on which she had lain. She was weak, not worthy of an LOM. Yet she had been pleasing, and she was beautiful. Even now, with her long dark hair falling over her tear-streaked face, her shoulders shaking as she sobbed, something stirred in him, the longing, the desire that he felt in the darkness was returning. When shall the childling arrive? He demanded as he stooped down and cupped her face gently in his hands. The tenderness of his touch made the cruelty of his tone even colder. I do not know, she stammered, pulling away from him. There is no way to know for sure until... Until what? Sumjaza asked brusquely, tightening his grip on her jaw until she cried out with pain. Let me go, Nema begged. Sumjaza released her chin with a push so that she fell backwards. Very well, but answer quickly or you will pay dearly for it. I cannot know for sure until the way of women leaves me. She answered cautiously as she massaged her chin. Some jaws rushed toward her, kicking over a basket of food in the process. What is this you speak of, girl? Would you lie to your husband? Some jaws asked with a sardonic smile as he watched her back further into the corner. No, I, I speak the truth, she replied quickly. Any Badisi will tell you the same. The blood of life flows from us, each daughter of Eve. Once before the next new moon comes, when the blood of life remains within us, a new life begins. Very well, then. You will remain in my tent until the next new moon. The ceremony will take place after the sign of new life. Sumjaza brushed the folds of the tent aside and tossed a bundle backward. Adorn yourself. Sumjaza gave a curt nod to his men surrounding the tent. Guard her, he ordered. No one is to enter. He brushed past one of the bumbling humans assigned to serve him, ignoring the hand raised to get his attention, and headed toward the thick cluster of trees. He needed to be alone, to think. Lita stumbled out of Bana Elohim Sumjaza's path, sweating profusely. Of course, one as great as he would not notice a simple sabasi such as I. Lita shook his head as he silently berated himself and turned back in the opposite direction, he had been looking for Nema since the celebration of the firstborns ended. He had tried to find her after completing the last chore Captain Simjaza had given him, but he returned too late. Nema had already joined her brother Tubalcon for the communion meal, and when he saw Lamech enter the tent in a foul mood, 
He knew better than to approach uninvited. Yes, I was right to wait. Lamech would have been furious at any intrusion. He would have thought me presumptuous indeed to approach. Yet as one betrothed to his daughter, perhaps it would have been acceptable. As one soon to be like a son to him, my presence should have been welcomed. Lita turned back, moving with newfound purpose toward the Elohim guarding the tent. He ignored his clammy hands and the increasing grumbling in his belly. He had not had a meal since son's birth. He became worried when he had not found Nema in her family's tent or with the Sabasi praying the dawn's meal, nor had she been at the stream with the women drawing water. Everyone he approached said they hadn't seen her. But some seemed to know more, even though they denied it when he asked if they were sure. Finally, he ran into Nema's mother, Zilla, who mentioned she last saw Nema with Captain Samjaza. Lita couldn't believe Nema would go off alone with the stranger, even if he was an honored guest. No, not Nema. What happened to Tafara and Tubulkan? Surely Lamech would never allow such a thing. Still, the gnawing uneasiness in his belly grew. Lita took a deep breath before addressing the Elohim Hazazel sitting on a large stump next to the tent. Please pardon my boldness. Lita nodded and bowed. But might I ask if you have seen Sabasi Nema? Well, of course I have seen her, human, Hazazel replied, looking up casually from the wooden piece in his hands. She's magnificent, isn't she? What? Lita asked, his face paled. My design, human, Hazazel said, holding out the curving figure to Lita. Isn't she pleasing? Yes, she is. Lisa stammered as the color returned to his cheeks. She is quite a beautiful piece of art. Lita paused for a moment as he watched Hazazel carve more details into the wooden woman. He took a deep breath again as he smoothed his hands over his tanned sash. Please pardon me again, honored one, but I thought you said you saw Nema? I did say that, human. Oh! Hazazel stopped whittling and focused on Lisa's eyes intently. Are you slow? I have heard that some of you are slow. No, not at all, Lita said, understanding his mistake. What I meant to ask was, do you know where Sabasi Nema is now? Well, of course, Hazazel said as he waved his hand over his shoulder. She's in the tent. Lita bowed slightly as his hands moved over his sash again. Honored one, might I go in and greet her? Certainly not, Hazazel replied, not bothering to look up. He used his small knife to skim over the figurine with precision. Lita blinked with confusion as the light of sun's peak flickered through the clouds. He shaded his eyes, then smoothed his hands over his sash once more and stopped suddenly. He thought he heard the faint sound of whimpering. He strained and listened carefully. No, that was crying. Nema was inside crying. Lita gulped and tried again. Please, honored one, allow me to greet Nema and inquire of her well-being this day. Sorry, human. Captain's orders. Hazazel stretched to his full height. No one is to go in. But this is not our way, Lita protested, ignoring the ball in his stomach. I am her intended. Father Lamech will be outraged at, at this insult to his family. What is your name, human? Hazazel asked calmly. My name is Lita, son of Cain. Well, Lita, son of Cain, Father Lamech is fully aware of these arrangements. It is he who made them with Bana, some jaws of the Elohim, this last unsleep. Hazazel raised his voice. So you certainly may not see Nema at all. The other Elohim, busy assembling large shelters nearby, stared at the disturbance. Lita backed away, but not before he stumbled over a tree root. 
He flushed as he righted himself and ran back into the woods. Poor Lita, Tafara murmured under her breath as she watched Lita run away. Too much, Anami agreed out loud, not that she could hear him. I must tell the others. Wait. Behind him, two small hands clutched the edge of the cliff. Tafara was scaling the face of the cliff to the valley below. That woman is unwell. But then again, her tanned covering and tawny skin blended into the rock wall. They might not notice her if she was quiet. In a few moments, Tafara landed softly behind a thicket of scrubby bushes at the base of the cliff. Some Jaws's men might not see her, but they will spot me. Without another thought, Anami jumped and landed next to Tafara in an instant. The Elohim continued talking without even a glance their way. Tafara ran like the wind up the straight and narrow path with a flash of light behind her. Delmar paced back and forth, considering his predicament. Did some Jaza have some hidden knowledge? A new strategy of the ancient one, perhaps? Delmar glanced around the camp absently. There were no fallen here, as far as he could tell. Just the normal bustle of the tribe preparing for the ceremony. Delmar tensed and shook his head. Maybe there is still a chance. If Samjaza has not done that which is eternal, perhaps he may be restored. If I can speak with him alone without fallen present, I might be able to. Delmar, look too, a voice called sharply. Delmar snapped his head up. Anami approached from the woods just across from the tents of the Medici. Do you have to be so obvious, Delmar asked with irritation. What if Fallen had been about? You would have revealed my presence and my name too, no less. Delmar, there are no Fallen here. The sun is at peak. Never mind that now, I have news. Yes, I have much to tell you too. Captain Samjaza has... Captain Samjaza has what? Anami and Delmar both turned to face Azam, who had just arrived from escorting the elders of Seth from the cove back to the seti. You won't believe it. I saw some Jaza. Amnami began. Azam raised his finger to his lips. Follow me. Anami and Delmar trailed behind Azam as he wove in and out the families of Adam, unseen, until finally he stopped just beneath a crop of giant cypresses. Azam paused and in one movement whisked them up into the treetops. Okay, Anami whispered. We're alone now. Why the secrecy? We don't know the extent of Samjaza's error or his influence. Until we do, we cannot speak freely, even among our brothers. Then we must hurry. Anami leaned in closer as he lowered his voice. Our captain has fallen indeed. How do you know? Azam asked. You can't accuse him without proof. You would be charged with insubordination and rebellion. I have proof. Samjaza and a few of his closest lieutenants are building dwellings with the sons of Cain. Samjaza has done that which is unseemly. You saw them too? Delmar asked so loudly he startled a massive flock of crows roosting in the trees. Their sudden flight drew the attention of everyone below. All clamor ceased while the elders stared at the sky, searching for the cause of the omen. More discretion, my friend, Azam said sternly once the camp settled down. I was at Tubalkan's for communion, Delmar's voice was barely audible now. Simjaza, Hazazel, Yamezric, and a few others were consorting with the humans uncloaked. The fallen were about, too. It was unbearable. But I did manage to observe them undetected. What did you learn? Why are we sitting here doing nothing? Anami asked. I've already told you Simjaza has fallen. Patience, Anami, Azam said firmly. First, I want to hear Delmar. Then you can give your report. After Delmar. Thank you. 
Delmar gave Anami a triumphant smile. Anami focused on the treetops, completely ignoring him. Like I was saying before, it was unbearable. Samjaza and his men partook of the drink of power with the humans and shared in their fellowship. I was shocked. Speaking to the humans without orders is twisted enough. But what Simjaza said could put him in exile. Delmar, Azam said, please get to the essence quickly. The others will soon notice our absence. Of course, Azam, Delmar said, ignoring Anami's satisfied smirk. What I mean to say is, Captain Simjaza has asked to be joined with the daughter of Eve. From the looks of it, the girl's father might have made an arrangement. Enough is enough, Anami interrupted. I've been trying to tell you to. Captain Simjaza has done more than arranged it. He has consumed the Union. What? Azam and Delmar said almost in unison. We need reinforcements now. I followed the girl to Farah just like you asked. She led me straight to Samjaza's new home. He has already got himself a wife. That cannot be, Azam said. Captain Samjaza may be confused. Who wouldn't be with falling about? But this, no. It can be, and it is, Anami insisted. I saw it with my own eyes. It is recorded. Azam focused on the city below. The camp bustled with activity. Men and women laughed, going about their daily tasks, while children played, darting in and out of the ever-moving sabasis, preparing the next meal. I see, he said after a long pause, aware their world would soon change. Azam, Anami tapped his comrade's shoulder. What should we do? You must return to Heaven's Realm and follow the protocol. Azam began systematically checking the numerous weapons concealed beneath his cloak. Delmar and I will guard the bearer. Anami turned to leave. Anami, one more thing. Yes, Azam? Speak to no one and do not go by the gates of Arata. You must go through the heart of Eden. But Azam, I can't go that way. The cherubim won't allow it. You must convince them, Anami. It is the only way. This concludes this chapter of Taken a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. If you enjoyed this excerpt and just can't wait for the next chapter, download Take an Ebook through Amazon Kindle and read it for free with Amazon Prime. Also, please check back for upcoming chapters of Taken on this podcast. Remember, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Please share this uplifting read with your friends and get ready to soar. Thank you again for listening and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.